You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good pal, Dylan. Um, and man, we got a lot to talk about here. Um, we were supposed to do this like a few hours earlier, but uh, I felt I had enough, you had enough. But uh, maybe that was a good thing because now we even have more things to talk about. And uh, first things first, uh, Seth Jones, Chicago. Man, oh man, oh man. Uh, I woke up this morning, I saw the thing. It was like uh, Columbus is looking for young centermen for... Uh, for Seth Jones, and <laughs> we saw that uh, what Merrick and uh, Freeman said, where they were like, uh, "I bet it starts with uh, Doc Mitchell and some draft picks." And I mean, I understand Yarmo Kekalainen wants a ton for Seth Jones. Like, I respect that. Obviously, your GM, you want to get as much as you can, especially for someone who's not going to be on your team. But who? <laughs> this guy is not Eric Carlson, like prime Eric Carlson. And this guy's not prime Nick Lidstrom. Why? Why so much? Like again, I understand wanting to get as much as you can, but trading like a, a superstar center, a, to, a future top four defenseman, and then plus some draft picks for Seth Jones. I, I don't get it, and especially from the Blackhawks side when you uh, take into this consideration that they traded that whole Duncan Keith salary cap, and then now they're gonna. <laughs> you know, try to go after Seth Jones and then sign him to a long-term contract and trade all your young players. It just, it seems like you're, yeah, you're getting a a probable top four defenseman on your team, but then you're getting rid of your number one center of the future. It just doesn't make sense to me, and I know you have a lot to say on the matter, so. 
I'm going to try to stay as level-headed as possible because I got pretty <laughs> pissed last time, and I'm still not too happy about this whole situation. Um, for starters, I'm going to say exactly what I said last time. Freeman just needs to shut his mouth at this point. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. Or if he does, he's hearing from the Columbus's ear, which is like, cool, you can hear from the that ear all you want. That ear is not going to tell you what's going to happen because I don't care what anyone says at the end of the day. Columbus has no fucking leverage in this trade right now. Seth Jones wants out. He has a yep. partial no-move clause. He gets to choose where he goes, and he's not re-signing with you next year. And they can't afford to lose another free agent for nothing. I don't see a world where all the cards are in their hand. Like, Chicago could so easily just wait this out. If they really want Seth Jones that bad, just go wait next year and get him in free agency. Because, yep. uh, I mean, people talk about it all the time. Like, yeah, the Blackhawks may be bad, but... People want to play in big market cities, especially when we're getting fans back and stuff. And I don't know if I'm a defenseman. I know I could put up 50 on the power play in between Kane and Debrinkin if I know how to pass the puck properly. Like 50 assists, I, like points, I mean, not um, anything else. But like I, there's really just no world where this trade makes sense. It, there isn't. And I'm sorry. You Like you, we see it all the time. The excuses are like, oh, well. You know, you got to watch Seth Jones a couple years ago when they had actual players on their team. Okay, well, I watched him this year. I watched him this year because I'm going off of what we saw. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's not what. Yeah, exactly. What have you done for me lately? And let me tell you, I watched him against the two best teams in the division last year. I saw him against the Tampa Bay Lightning and I saw him against the Florida Panthers. You want to know how many goals on ice he was for? You want to know how many fucking goals he was on the ice for? For reference, there were 12 goals scored in those two games by the opposite teams. How many times do you bet he was on the ice? Oh, for all of them. <laughs> Eight. Oh, wow. That's still not good. <laughs> Dude, like, he looks like Seabrook in the final years of his career. And that's not a good thing for someone who's not even pushing 28 yet. Like, no effort. What? Like, maybe you might have checked out by then in this season because Columbus was shit and everyone checked out from Tortorella. I don't care. The on-ice product, because, you know, all these people want to go off the glorious eye test. Why don't you go watch Seth Jones on the ice this year, guys? The analytics don't lie. He looks terrible. And, yeah, maybe he was hurt. Yeah, maybe he didn't play with Orensky. He didn't play with fucking Delzato. It doesn't matter. You really think he's going to play with a better partner here? Like, who the fuck's he going to play with? Zadorov? Calvin DeHaan? <laughs> fucking Wyatt Kaladuk? Like, I... Dude, I... I... I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't I still don't get it. I, I get it in a way the Hawks want to add a big name on the back end because I do need one. This isn't the right name. It hasn't been. No. It doesn't. It still doesn't make any sense. And even if he's not interested in coming to Chicago as a free agent, at least put the full court press on Dougie Hamilton instead. Because I think um, even you mentioned it earlier. I You would have to imagine trading for his his rights or I think Wally mentioned it, trading for Dougie Hamilton's rights would be cheaper than anything you're doing with Seth Jones right now. And you have to think, the Hawks could just wait out Seth Jones too if they really want to. Like, they could potentially pull this crap and wait out to like September and then make a trade when Kekaline's desperate. And then you can, like, honestly, there's going to there's gonna be one of two ways this trade goes. Either Bowman's going to fold or Kekaline is going to fold. One of them's going to fold first. And when that happens, that's the dude who's going to overpay, in my opinion. Whether that's Bowman getting fleeced by Kekalainen for the fourth time in the last half decade, which, for God's sake, please no, 
or it's Kekalainen giving Seth Jones for something that he probably wouldn't be worth at the time, but makes sense because he has no value right now. But he still has value because fucking athletic articles. Like, people will read that athletic article yesterday about, like, oh, the top 25 trade targets, and Seth Jones will be the number one defenseman, right, Pierce? Did you read those comparables to how his career is going to traject the next, like, four or five years? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Oh, Dion Phaneuf. Tyler Myers, just some just some top-of-the-line names right there, guys. Like, yep, that's what we need on our back end. Totally. And you, I was, like, looking at the other names of that list, and at the top were guys like Nate Schmidt, Oliel, and I wouldn't want them either, but you I'd go down... Nate Schmidt, shit. <laughs> I, you go down to names like uh, Marcus Pedersen and Ryan Graves, yeah, maybe they're not as good as Seth Jones, but I would argue... Taking into consideration analytics, you probably they probably are as good, and you have that cost certainty, and that you you know you're going to have them on your team. I don't know the exact contract, but if I'm Chicago, instead of going after Jones and selling the whole farm, I would look at a guy like Ryan Graves from Colorado. I don't know if you're going to like get him for super cheap, but Colorado, I think, would want to move him at least get some value for him instead of exposing him in the. And the expansion drafts, I don't know. I just think that there's better ways to go out and get top four defensemen instead of mortgaging your entire future. And we, I brought up the Duncan Keith trade earlier. And it's so funny that Stan Bowman could win a trade with no leverage, and now he's gonna now he's gonna lose a trade with all the leverage. And it's the duality of him. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. And he does this every offseason, you have to think. Like, there's always that one trade where it's like, oh, okay, he probably won that trade. And then he does one where you're just like, what? Like, he literally did it with Florida twice last year. Like, mm-hmm. got Vinny Hinnestros for pennies on the dollar. All right, that's a good trade. Picks up Brett Conley's contract for the next three years to get a prospect who might not even crack the roster. Okay, now we're getting a little odd. Like, I... And like, if he wants, like, and it sounds like from what it, from what they're looking at, at least for a top talent, they do want a big right shot defense. Why don't, why don't you go? There's definitely other big right shot defensemen in the trade market. <clears throat> Josh Manson is the first one that comes to mind for me. Will definitely be cheaper than Seth Jones, and will probably bring the same results to the table defensively, if not better, honestly. Because I, I would, I would say Josh Manson's a better defensive defenseman. Like. There's other answers out there, dude, and they're just not looking hard enough if they're only zeroing in on a super oversaturated asset. It's just – it makes no sense. It's like I, I, I still can't wrap my head around it, bro. It makes no yeah, sense. Why I totally For agree. a team that's so committed to the rebuild and so committed to sticking to their young guys, why would they trade like three of them for a mm-hmm. 27-year-old on the decline? It just – every time sense. you think about it, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, and give him Doc Mitchell, Kershev, and a pick. Totally won't deteriorate the fucking prospect pool for the next five years. And then someone was like, well, what if Bowman's playing 8D chess to go get Shane Wright? It's like, shut the fuck up. No. they If, if you really want to do that, he just wouldn't sign anyone. Just let him suck. Just let the on-ice product and be what are it the is actual already, which isn't good. they would get Shane Wright anyways? Like, they're exactly. so slim to none. And if you're going to make a trade by when you already have a number one center, you'll be like, well, I'm going to go get an overrated defenseman and then hopefully I get uh, a franchise centerman that I only have a very, like, like what? I don't even know the percentages. What would it be, like, 2 or 3%? <laughs> like, so dumb. Oh, man. Um, so dumb. 
And to just even add more how much leverage Stan Bowman has in this trade, uh, Seth Jones has a modified no trade clause, so we would have to submit a list of 10 teams that he cannot be traded to. And uh, apparently Chicago is really one of the places that Seth Jones wants to play in. And I think I saw Philadelphia was really like going hard after Seth Jones, but they've kind of like slowed down, I guess. I, 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 there, that's why. I really and hope. I feel like, and everyone said that Chicago won't do a trade unless he extends either. So, I mean, there's that. I suppose. I don't know. I think he's gonna go somewhere as a rental. Dallas I, is gonna pick him up or something, and they're just gonna say, you know what? We got one more year until we have to pay Klingberg and stuff. We're just gonna go for it. We missed yeah, last year. They might bridge Haskin in and just be like, okay, we're not going to get Jamie Oleksiak back, but uh, let's maybe go after Seth Jones and uh, play him with Haskin or whatever and try mm-hmm. to go on another deep run. But uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a situation where another team just comes in and saves Stan Bowen from himself. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, because he's yeah. not going to save himself from himself. That's for no. sure. Let's put it this way. Let's hope this at least stalls out to free agency so we can see that they lost out on Ducky Hamilton. Because, like, let's put it this way. If they lose out on Hamilton and then make the trade... That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, at least a little lose, more, yeah. You do lose leverage, though, in that situation, too. Because if you go back to the well after you missed Hamilton, I found Columbus. I'm like, yeah, okay. Now you can pay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. See, the thing is, there's no winning this. There's no winning in this unless for some reason we get Seth Jones for what his actual value is or they sign Dougie Hamilton or sign anyone on defense and free agency or trade for anyone, literally anyone. It's the whole Duncan Keith thing. You're getting him based off name value and then you're going to go after Seth Jones and get him off name value when they're going to get him. They're going to trade like they're going to get more assets than what he's worth. God, it's so stupid. Like, my favorite's, like, the people who don't listen to analytics are like, oh, so I guess Seth Jones is bad the same way Duncan Keith is bad, quote-unquote. And I was like, yes, actually, oh, that is 100% well, yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> and, and they're like, well, you don't watch him play, clearly. It's like, no, I do. I watched Duncan Keith get cooked a lot this year, and I watched mm-hmm. Seth Jones get cooked a lot this offseason after watching tape. It's very common. Let me, like... One of the highlights of Seth Jones' career on YouTube is like a three-and-a-half-minute shift he had against the Ducks. And one of the comments in there said it perfectly to me. He's like, you couldn't get off the ice against a bunch of like lower-tier skaters for three-and-a-half minutes. And it's just like, this is what people think is good defense. And it's like, you're really just dying on the ice and deteriorating your That's team. That- that's that whole quote where it's like uh, blocking shots is like killing mice. Yes, it's nice that you killed some, but there's a bigger problem if you have to keep on doing it. Exactly. Like, what, what was my favorite set to bring up this year with the Hawks? It's like, oh, yeah, they had three of the top ten shot blockers in the NHL. I don't Can't know if that's a Can't be a bigger stat. problem there, yeah. right? I don't know if that's a stat you want. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. And then, like, people will be like, well, the shots get so – then the shots don't get through. It's like, no, or they're just shooting that much that it just per- evens out eventually. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. And then, like, another thing, what even says that Seth Jones would fit in this defensive system? We have seen defensemen struggle to fit in the Carlton system time and time again. And you're putting all your eggs into that basket, and if it doesn't work, you're going to get fucked. Hmm? Yeah, like, I mean- you're gonna have him sign to a long-term contract as well, because like, I mean, there's no way. Yeah, that persona's his fucking agent. Like, there's no winning this situation right now. This no. he needs to get traded. Like, I this must be how like 
any like Buffalo fans feel about Eichel right now, just get him out of here already. Because I'm so get him the hell out of here. Like just get this trade over with. If it's gonna happen, just let it happen. Because I can't deal with another week of oh well maybe they want to bring it and blah 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 now. Like shut up. You don't know anything. You like like this has proven to me that Elliot Freeman is blowing smoke out his ass for the last two weeks. And like yeah, sometimes it hits. Or uh, what, what? what's the saying? Like, oh, you throw shit at the wall, sometimes it sticks. A blind like, squirrel gets, catches a nut Yeah, a blind whatever, squirrel finds a nut twice like a day. Broken like, clock is twice right away, you know. Exactly. That. Like, it just... It, it's ridiculous, dude. Like, people just spew shit out their asshole right now with, what this, with this trade. And it's because, one, Bowman won't do a goddamn presser to shut everything down, because he can't for obvious reasons. No. Nope. And two... I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Because even the Chicago guys can't even report on it right now. Oh. Like, this is the first thing we've heard from Powers on this in, what, like, a week and a half at least? Yeah. And we've, every day there's something new on, oh, Chicago might go to Seth Jones. Like, I hate it. I hate well, at it. the very but, least, getting Caleb Jones wasn't, like, a thing where it's like, okay, we're going to go after Seth Jones. now. they just view um, him individually as a good player instead of be like, huh, we got this good what we think is this good defenseman's brother now he'll for sure want to join our team you know i bet i bet jones plays with murphy a good bit because from what it sounds like he's got good skating it's just like everything else can't like put it together but who knows good skating would actually work in this system so be nice to have more speed on the back end because kalanuk's got wheels too he can he can fly but yeah I don't want to talk about Seth Jones anymore. <laughs> I don't either. It's it's kind of depressing. It, it's not a fun conversation. And we've been talking about it for two months now. Yeah. Almost. So let's go on to a good defenseman getting a contract that he's more than worth. Uh, Brendan Carlo signed a four, actually, no, a six-year. Six. Yeah, I don't know why I've put four. It was probably because I just woke up from my nap. But, I mean, um, it's, four, it's like four mil, so. Yeah, $4.1 million AV. I think that's an incredible contract. One of the better, definitely more underrated shutdown defensemen in the NHL. He's going to be playing second pairing minutes behind Charlie McAvoy for a very long time. I see no downside to this. I think this is great for Boston. Oh, 100%. Their right side is set for a long, long time. What's this? And uh, apparently Taylor Hall uh, could be back. Like, the talks are going positive, and he might be back, which, I mean, Taylor Hall. Just to, to stay in Boston, man. Yeah, you didn't win a cup the first year, but <laughs> you went further in the playoffs than you've ever been in your career. You've made your money. You've won your heart. I mean, I don't know if you're a first-line winger anymore. Dude, just play on the second line with David Krejci in Boston and, and like, try to win a Stanley Cup. And what's the thing that everyone keeps trying to tell? Like, um, I know you listen to the Dangle podcast like me. Like, what's the thing Steve's, Steve's been preaching to all the UFAs? The money's not going to be there for you. No, no. It was barely there for Petrangelo last year. He should have probably gotten 10, for being yeah. honest. If this was a normal market, Petrangelo would have gotten 10, and Hall probably would have gotten an 8 times 5 or something. But it, at the least, yeah. This isn't, that's not the world we live in 18 months ago. And as stupid as that sounds, that's just the way it is. You still get to be a millionaire. Don't get it twisted. Just going to lose like $10 million probably, at least. Like, yeah, there's a reason still, teams... Sorry, oh, you're still a millionaire and exactly. you're playing on a team like Boston. That's why I feel like 
Mm-hmm. Like, at least the young players are getting it right now. Like, a lot of the kids are like, all right, we'll just sign Bridges, and when this cap goes up, we'll get paid. Like, mm-hmm. that, they, they, like I feel like guys like uh, – it sounds like Hughes is starting to get that memo from Vancouver, mainly because they literally can't fucking afford him. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it sounds like Hayskin wants to go bridge. I, I would think McCarr might go bridge, but if I'm him, I would just get locked down now. You, oh, dude, you could literally get paid whatever for, the fuck yeah. you want. Like <laughs> – I don't know, man. It's just like this offseason's either going to be like everyone's getting long-term deals, kind of like this Carlo contract, because that's what they can afford. You know what I mean? Like the cap hit works for a flat cap. And also, speaking on that Brendan Carlo contract, that might be one of the best defenseman contracts in the league in the ne- in the next couple years, because that's on like he doesn't play the same game as Sam Gerrard, but that's on the same trajectory of he just, he just keeps at where he is. Basically that contract's going to pay for itself. And, yeah. and I think he signed till he's 30. So it's like, it's a perfect yeah, 30, deal. 30, 31. I think he's 25 or 24 now. So yeah, like, like when Connor that contract Murphy ends. Deal. Yeah. Um, you brought up uh, Colorado with uh, Mikhail McCarr. They're going to be an interesting team this offseason because uh, apparently mm-hmm. Gabriel Landeskog is very likely to go to free agency. Same with Zach Hyman. And, uh, again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what these guys can get. And if I'm Gabriel, like, same thing as Taylor Hall. If I'm Gabriel Landeskog, you're the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, you didn't Just win the cup down. with huge expectations, but you've been there for almost a decade. You've been a captain there for almost a decade. Like, he was named one of the youngest captains in NHL history. You get to play with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranson, and, dude, just take less money and stay there, man. They have such a good thing there. I don't know. If I'm Landeskog and I'm in contract talks right now, I'm a little ticked off that Rantanen's getting paid nine and a half. I'm a little pissed off. Yeah, that like, is true. Like, and you know McKinnon's going to get a huge payday. Dude, he's going to get and at least management double. can't go up to him and yeah. be like, you can't get paid more than McKinnon. They can't say that. No. There's no way anyone's taking McKinnon's contract at that talent level in today's league. There's not a chance. He's at least bare minimum double what he he's double his contract now. He's he's, he's yeah. eleven and a half, twelve million dollar player, easily. But man, I don't know. Like if I'm Gabe Landeskog, I at least check out what's going on in free agency because there could be a world where you get paid and you go to a team that might play you in a better situation than Colorado was. Because you got to think. When Colorado's line start fluxing, Gabe Landeskog's the first one to go down the line. You know what I mean? Like, if you watched them last year, when the line started getting shuffled, you saw them go to the second and third line and stuff. If I'm Landeskog and you want to, let's say, um, like, God, if literally if they didn't make moves for the last week, they'd be in a perfect spot to get him. If Edmonton could somehow oh get their hands God, on Gabe yeah. Landeskog... That could be, or any of the wingers going to free agency. That would literally be like fuck Zach Hyman. I know they're linked to Zach Hyman. If they could even get a year of Gabriel Landeskog, that would be so huge for that team. And not even just from like a skill standpoint. They've been looking for leadership. Go get a guy who's been a captain of a team for eleven fucking years and is still very good and can contribute to your team. And go play with McDavid or Drysaddle and definitely be a point per game on that team. Like. There's a world where Landis going to go somewhere, and it's going to make a little too much sense. Like, he might go to, like, a Florida, or he might go to, like... Because there's... Pierce, there's teams that have the cap space to pull this off if they really want to get a top-line yep. power forward. Because Gabriel Landis is the kind of player that if your team's right here, he, they, he could put you over the top. Like, there's not many players that can do what he does in the league uh, today. Especially for... Know. 
at that high level, I would yeah. say. I don't even know, like, if you would go, if, or if we discussed this, but, like, Gabriel Landeskog to L.A. makes a lot of sense, too, yeah. because maybe they're not the contender that certainly that Colorado or you brought up Florida is, but they're on the up-and-up and in that weak-ass division with all the young players they have, and they still have some decent players in place, like Kopitar can still be probably a first-line center. I mean, everyone shits on Drew Doughty, but he still could probably be they got top players, four minutes. And they're going to have like, Byfield and Turcotte up this yeah. year. Like, at least one of them. I don't know if both are going to be up this year, but I would assume at least Turcotte's going to play because he's had a year in the AHL now and college. But, man. And then, like, there's all those rumors that, like, Landis Cog might be linked to St. Louis to go play with O'Reilly, and it's like, unless St. Louis is giving you the sun and the moon, why are you going to St. Louis? No, they're on the downswing. Makes no sense whatsoever. And, And yeah, they could probably allocate Tarasenko's money to him if they capped on Tarasenko, which, once again, makes no sense. But, like. I, like you said, it makes the most sense for Landis Cog and them to work it out. I feel like this is just like you know, like it's like what Kaprizov did a couple months ago, where he was like, "Oh, I don't want to fucking come back." And now there's rumors that yeah, they got negotiation an eight-year deal tactics. in place. Yeah, yeah, now they got an eight-year deal in place. It sounds like at like nine mil a year, that's almost as good as signed. But man, it, it he really should just stay in Colorado. Yep. As I much as I'd like to see him situation. test the market, because yeah. I feel like that could be a guy who shakes the market more than people realize. But then he goes signs Ligman in Tampa or Boston, and we're all screwed. <laughs> um, Looking at L.A. right now, they have $14.6 million in cap space, but the big thing with them is they have three. They only have three RFAs they have to worry about, and... The major one is Andreas Athanasiou, who I think they're going to get cheap. But man, they could, they could, yeah, they might even they might not even resign him. But that's a team that could go after Gabriel Landeskog, and they've actively said that they want to go after, like they want to get top six forwards. They got one of them with Victor Arvidsson for a very reasonable price, and getting someone like a Gabriel Landeskog, like a Brandon Saudi, as much as Jimmy would hate that, they've been Blake linked to yeah. shorts, so. Schwartz is Schwartz as well, man. I think Schwartz would be a great fit there. We haven't mm-hmm. talked enough a lot, a lot about Schwartz, but yeah, he could be a, a a nice free agency fit. He's been banged up the last few years. Yeah, that as well. That's probably. But why. like, dude, James Schwartz in the playoffs is a different animal. Like, he was one of the driving forces on that 2019 Cup one, Cup team. Yeah, I think and, he had over 10 goals. Dude, I remember when like I remember Jane Schwartz coming on the scene with Tarasenko. That was scary back in the day. Like he <laughs> Jane Schwartz is the kind of guy where when he gets hot, you need to look out. Because he is gonna score. It's just he's very streaky. Yep. So that's gonna be a guy like he's gonna be like Tatar. He's gonna go under the radar, but the team that mm-hmm. signs him is he's gonna have a way bigger impact on than you'd realize. Like I don't know. I don't know what team that is yet. Like, I would assume L.A., just because that's the only team I've seen linked to him. But, I mean, shit. I keep bringing him up, but, like, Edmonton needs freaking wingers. Just and any so winger. So many wingers. Any kind of winger. Any competent winger to Seriously. play off of David Dreisaitl. Oh, my gosh. It's just not – like, you wouldn't think it'd be that hard. It's, like, the most – like, most lucrative – most plentiful I guess lucrative resource. would be the right word. Yeah. Like, position in the entire league. Like, just the most of it. Uh, whatever. I just want to see McDavid succeed. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, Ken Holland doesn't, though. So. I know. Ken Holland's still living in 1998. <laughs> He's trying to watch Detroit go back-to-back real quick. Hold yeah. on. 
god. It's so true though. Um Zach Hyman's another name who's gonna most likely gonna go to free agency and that one I remember I was kinda of beating the drum like, okay, Zach Hyman in Chicago, we kinda of need that kind of player, but uh, looking at that now with all his injury history, like obviously That's like Andrew most Yeah. Like most free agencies you're probably gonna get a good couple years out of him, but like uh, like once you get to the second half of that, oh boy, that's going to be disastrous. The biggest red flag for me too is he said he's not signing anything shorter than seven years, and oh, it's just like, God. yeah, that's he's twenty nine, right. dude. He's twenty nine. That is a lot of term to put towards a guy who's career high is forty one points. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Someone's going to pay him. It's not my team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it's going to be the Oilers. It's going to be the Oilers. Yeah. No, they won't go after Landis Cog or Sod or anyone or Coleman. Or not, Coleman or Literally anyone. Or Schwartz or any of these guys. Paul Mary. Like, there's the list goes on, dude. It's crazy. There's probably a list of 10 people, like 10 wingers that I'd rather have over Zach Easily, dude. I'd rather take Mike Hoffman. Oh, my God. Like Just in terms of goal scoring. At who is least, a free agent also, by the way, yeah, again. Uh, <laughs> at the least, you could get him cheap and, like, just put him on the power play and get him a ton of points. But <laughs> Oh, my God. But then they're going to be like, oh, we really like uh, Zach Hyman's intangibles, the, the, the full 200-foot game, yada, 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 all that uh, 200 hockey men quote scenes, things like that. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. If anyone deserves an eight-year contract, it probably is him, just from the amount of shit he went through in Toronto. But... From a business standpoint, it really just doesn't make any no. sense. From, no. like, from a player standpoint, good for him, dude. Like, if he gets a $40 million contract, that's awesome. Like, that's awesome. I'll never begrudge a player trying to get as much oh, money or years as they can, albeit not on my team. <laughs> yeah. Well, lately that hasn't unless, been the case on my team. Bo yeah, was like, I don't yeah. want to pay anyone, as a matter of fact. <laughs> unless they, like, they're just, like, a franchise superstar player. Yeah, like Seth Jones. Yes, <laughs> Nikita's a door. Oh God, like Calvin DeHaan. <laughs> Calvin DeHaan and Riley Stillman soon to be, and we already got him on a cheap contract. I'm trying to think of like, because I know he's been linked to Edmonton, but like, there's got to be a team that like makes too much sense for Zach Hyman. I'm trying to think, like, because he he's a guy who can play anywhere in your top nine, can play a little center, plays power play, plays penalty kill. Um, he's a Swiss Army knife, as they would say. As stupid as that sounds, yeah, yeah. he is. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think, like, what team would make the most sense? Who needs a player like that? Um, if, he would go to Vancouver. I feel like if they, oh, <laughs> God. Vancouver makes another eight year deal. Holy crap! Um, I'm trying to think, like. Once again, L.A. comes to mind just because yeah. they could actually give him the term and the money. But um, Ottawa, Nashville, maybe. I did hear someone say Nashville about Zach Hyman earlier this week hmm. just because he plays that style that they like. And Nashville's going to have all that cap space to throw eight-year deals at people because they're going to oh, get rid of Matthew Shade's yeah. eight-year deal. And Ryan Johansson, <laughs> even though Seattle's not going to take on either. We got to talk about that, by the way. For. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I already said this, but... Zach Hyman Ottawa maybe because I think he Ooh, played actually they, they love getting old Leafs yeah I mean. yeah they could use like they need the, I knew like they could use a person like that on their team in their locker room blah 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 I think uh their coach DJ Smith stuff. yeah um DJ Smith was the assistant coach when Zach Hyman was still in Toronto so I think that kind of makes sense and you're not going too far from home and 
it's not like sure. it's not like a move where Ottawa is like so so like close to being a playoff team that's gonna bite the Maple Leafs in the I, I, I don't no. know. And they but, need players. Like that's yeah. just the way it is. And Pierre's gonna love his character. Oh yeah. Boots on the ground scouting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, let's let's get into uh, more of the expansion draft implications. Yeah, you brought up Duchesne. I was just going to say, though, one more team, Detroit yeah. for Hyman. Because Detroit yeah. can get all the money he wants. Hmm? Yeah, but you know Eiserman would go short-term with them and be like, okay, here's $8 million for three or four years. You'd love the thing. <laughs> but, yeah, Matt Duchesne not being protected, and it's so funny looking at Nashville. They've just they've signed all these centers to long term contracts and nothing has come of it. First Ryan Johansson, then you trade. Oh, I think nice. it was Gerard and whatever the hell else to get Kyle Turris. The man out of a pick. Yeah, something like, like that. And then you go and get Matt Duchesne. And I think one of the worst buyouts, like not Ryan Suter or even Keith Yandel, I think, uh, is. Uh, Kyle Turst to Nashville because I think they have to pay him like two million dollars for a lot, of, like yeah, for from what I can quick. see, six years. Oh, you got it. Yeah, Damn. six years. Crazy. It's like paying for two Colton Sissons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But, oh man, they are just like like we talked about it last podcast a little. Like, what are they doing? They are mediocre, the definition. The only reason they made the playoffs is because of UC Saros. And, by the way, he's in our favor. They got a lot of free agents to, like, deal with. Colvin including Erica Branson and Ben Harper. Erica <laughs> Branson. Jesus. Ben it's, Harper. RFA. Huh? I still can't Dude, believe they and made Dude, and Saros is in RFA. Dude, they're going to yeah. have some. They got to do some stuff this offseason. Uh-oh. I still love how Yossi's contract's nine million and fifty nine thousand dollars. So yeah. random. Yeah, that'd be quirky and get his uh, number in there, just like uh, oh Mitch yeah, Mar- that is his number. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I hate NHL players so much sometimes. Oh, I gotta get my number in my contract. I gotta I get, get my the extra number in there because yeah. I'm Mitch Marner and I need to get paid more than Patrick Kane. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get the extra fifty nine thousand dollars per God, year. In I there. need to get that extra like more than a year salary than some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It still makes me laugh so much that uh, Erica Branson got traded for like a 2022 20, Because that was their deadline acquisition. Yeah. That's what they needed to put him over the top. That's exactly. That's what put him over the edge to make the playoffs and eventually lose in six games to the Carolina Man. Hurricanes. I just, like, what? Like, everyone says Nashville could, like, go get a big free agent. It's like, yeah. But like you said, why would they do that again? <laughs> like, what if they go back and get Seth Jones again? <laughs> please, please. Let's do Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson again. Oh <laughs> Except this time it's Matthew Shane. <laughs> oh, my God. No, oh. Colton Sissons. Oh, yeah, with this 2 for another five years, and he scored a hat trick in Game Six that, of the Western that Conference. That dude got a hat trick in the playoffs and got an eight-year deal. What a life! What a life! And then he had the whistle blown on him on what would have been the first goal of Game Six. <sighs> nah. <laughs> but also, I, uh, I don't Nashville. remember. I, it's like people don't forget Game Five where they also got smoked five nothing. But let's just yeah, not that go well. into that. And when they, they I did think, get, they really did get shut out the last two games. Yeah. <laughs> And what was it? The first game 
the offside goal, and then they went like 38 minutes without a long shot. <laughs> the first Bro, shot they, minutes, they so tie good. the game, and first yeah. shot, Rene faces, he gets scored oh on. It's God. like, snipes on him. Yeah, I remember that. Bro, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of how this cup final felt, and I really hate that we talked about that, where we were like, is this really going to be like Nashville, where they have all the magic, and then they just burn out in the cup final? Even like Vegas. No, and, and, we, and we said it, too. We were like, it's the, if Carey Price even takes a minor step back, they're fucked. Like, he has to be on fucking Super Saiyan shit to win that series, and he was. And he, he was pretty – he was good. He was Carey Price good, just not Carey Price great. No. <laughs> not Andre Vasilevsky good. That's for damn no. sure. Oh, also another thing about – um. This is just completely random. Just I remember because we brought up, I just brought up Vasilevsky. When I was yeah. watching a bunch of Seth Jones film over the last couple weeks, because like I wanted to see him in the playoffs when he was good. Andre Vasilevsky was making sure those games weren't eight nothing. Like holy shit, they could have got swept bad against Columbus <laughs> if it wasn't for Vasilevsky. Like he was showing it. Like I mean, every playoff he shows it. But guys, is so good. Sorry, I need to gas up Vasilevsky one more time. Oh yeah, might even call that a Gasilevsky. <laughs> God, that's the podcast name. Gasolinski. All right, all right, let's go with it. Um, God, what else was I gonna say? You know what that cup final reminded me of? Like, obviously, um, the 2017 and 2018 cup finals come to mind because you got these like two magic teams and then they just burn out in the final. But at least Nashville like tied the series and then Vegas at the very least like won the first game. But that final reminded me of the 2014 final LA New York <sighs> where. Yeah. Just right from the get-go, you knew L.A. was going to win. It's like, you knew the, the final series was, was Chicago-L.A., and you kind of knew in the East, like, this year was, like, L- not New York and Tampa were kind of the final series, and it was just like, oh, now we're going to do the cup final. That's in the way now. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. No, and I agree. Exact, and it went the exact same way, too. I think L.A. won the first three games, and then they <laughs> – I think they had – yeah, I think Longfist had 40 saves, and I remember Strawman clearing the fuck off the line, and then, of course, and uh, Game 5, Alec Martinez with his... Yeah, that's a, that, you're actually right. You're right on the money. Right that's, what it, that's what it reminded me of, though. No, you're right on the money. I mean, you're so yeah. right. Like, man, it sucks, too, because the conference final was so good. <laughs> with yeah. the Isles and stuff. I cannot mm-hmm. believe I was missing the Islanders in the cup final. Like that should tell you how like dull the cup final was. Yeah, yeah. That the Islanders Lightning was the cup final of the last year in my. Well, and Montreal Vegas was good too. Like shit. Yeah, like, definitely. Ah. Uh, oh well. I'm. Man, I. It be what it be. Yeah. Every time I think of that cup run, I'm just like, okay. Now we're going to go back to normal standings where one of these teams wouldn't even be in the playoffs yeah. because hockey. <laughs> Hell, if they played an extra 10 games, they might not even be in the playoffs that year. Oh, my God. It's just like never again, NHL. Never again. <laughs> never again. Um, Jeff Skinner and Ben Bishop both waived their no-movement clauses for the expansion draft, and... Uh, against, I don't see Seattle taking Jeff Skinner unless you get the first overall pick in return for him as a sweetener. But uh, Ben Bishop kind of makes sense. Like, obviously, he's so injury prone. But if you want a second string goalie, because there's going to be goalies out there. If you want a second string goalie who can, like, 
whatever when he's healthy, he's one of the best goalies in the NHL, like playoffs and regular season. That's that his huge problem is just staying healthy for Ben Bishop. But I I don't know if I'm Seattle, I would take the I would I would at least take a look at him. I'm just trying to see what his term is. But uh, two years left uh, at four point nine. You know what? That's not bad. He's thirty four. But in like worst case scenario, he gets injured. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I could see them taking a chance on that. Uh, Seattle. Yeah, I agree. I um, I want to see what Dallas's protection looks like because I know they would have had to. Catherine they had to do this for so they could protect like Hudobin or something. Yeah, that's what they're doing. But um, I mean, I could see a world where Seattle this year they go with a um like a three goalie set throughout the year. You know what I mean? Like, they go get a Drieger, they go get Bishop, and then they go, just, I don't know, maybe go get the other injury-prone goalie. Go get an anti-ranta, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, they just get, like, a collective thing, you know? Okay, so the no moves that are protected are Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. I would assume they protect Pavelski, Hintz, mm-hmm. Gurianov, and who would be the seventh? Dickinson? I guess Foxa, probably. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, I did an auto protect, and it has Sagan, Ben, Pavelski, Radulov, Faxa, Hintz, and Gurianov protected. That's seven mm-hmm. forwards, and then the three defensemen is Lindell, Klingberg, and Heiskinen. Yeah. So they could get. Jason yeah, Dickinson mean... would make sense for him because I think he can play center. He's an RFA. Yeah. I don't know if Dallas would protect him or not, but yeah, him, Dickinson, or Bishop. Yeah, that, that that's what I would think too. Um. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess Dallas is pretty safe. Uh, maybe Seattle likes Alexiak and they extend him, but yeah. that would be the only other one I can think of. Unless they like um, Unless they really want to go with Bishop. I mean, they do need, like, a um, if they want to, because, you know, like, it's a new team, they're going to need marketable stars. So that's just the way it is. Like, Vegas had marketable stars day one that they may not be stars, but, like, they had James Daniel, they had Dave Braun. Yeah, they had Flurry, but this team you could potentially you're if they're not stars, but I mean you're gonna have guys like you could potentially have guys like Ben Bishop, Matt Duchesne, um, maybe a Mark Giordano if they get him from Calgary. Oh, like you'll have Dougie Hamilton from free agency. Yeah, they can go give Dougie Hamilton the Sun and the Moon because he's a Francis guy. Um, I mean, like th- there's a way to where Seattle can have a lot of household names on their team day one, which I feel like is very good for the league. Because yeah. then it's easier for a new fan base to get on because they'll know stars. So, same with I Vegas. I hope that happens at least. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and now look at them. They have stars on three of the four lines, basically. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And they got the four top defensemen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I gotta go after Julius Honka. I remember when that was a debate like a few years ago. I was like, is Julia Honkett actually a good defenseman? It was like in August, too. Oh, how fun. The analyst. <laughs> I debates. remember that. Oh, my God. Was that, that I think that was 2017. Because I was. Yeah, 2017 I was working, or 2018. I was working at like Pizza Hut at the time. And I used to just like listen mm-hmm. to podcasts when I was in the car. And yeah. I'm pretty sure on the SDP, Adam Wilde went on a fucking tirade because that was like the topic of discussion of the day. And he's like, this is why I hate the offseason right here, because yeah, people are making a so big true. fucking deal about someone who's not even going to crack the NHL next year. And it's just like, this is the offseason, Adam. It's silly season. There's nothing else to talk about. So they'll blow every little thing out of proportion. And it's like, even back then, they did it like, 
I can't believe Julius Honka was like the talk of the town for one day in an offseason a couple years ago. That's hilarious to me. Oh, you remember the remember Yuri Yoki Paka? Remember when he was supposed oh to be decent? God. That's a throwback. <laughs> I got some. There's some names at Dallas. I believe he got Dallas and Chris to, Russell once upon a time. Yeah, I was gonna say I believe he got traded to Calgary for uh, Chris Russell. They had Brendan Dillon, who was known for getting spun by Patrick Kane in 2013. Uh, he's still getting spun by a lot of people. Yeah, don't too. worry about it. I I don't hear the end of it from Connor and all the Capitals fans. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do they protect oh. him in the expansion draft? <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no Even way. Even then, does Seattle take them? So they're gonna be stuck with. Him. <laughs> If I'm Seattle, I take like Nick Jensen. <laughs> like, yeah. Not taking that. <laughs> three point nine for the next three years. Oh, what did I? What did I bring up to Connor a couple weeks ago? I think I said like they should get Jones or something. Oh. And he was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, and he'd still be the third best defenseman on your team. And he's like, that's not saying anything. I was like, I'm just saying, like you you have just as bad of a defense as us. Like I'm just telling you how it is. <laughs> so true though. It's Jones for Kuznetsov. The trade is one for one. <laughs> nah, it's going to be Kuznetsov for Tarasenko. What was the one you brought up? Kuznetsov for, like, Kadri Plus, something like that? Oh, yeah. That I, I said so that one, sense. and I think uh, I think Anaheim makes a lot of sense. You do, like, Kuznetsov for Manson, like, either Manson Raquel or, like, Manson Henrique, something like that. But, like, you'd have to give something back if you go double with Anaheim. So it'd be, like, Kuznetsov and, like, probably next year's first because you're getting Raquel. So... But you get one year of Raquel and Manson, and you just fucking go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you get Kadri and Timmons or something. Like, there's there's a world where you can get multiple assets for him and come out on top. You're not going to win star for star unless you get the shell of Tarasenko and he fucking rises from the dead. It's the only way they win that trade. What if Stan Bowman does this? I hate that this game popped into my mind. They trade Kirby Doc for Seth Jones, and then they go trade for Kuznetsov for, like, a second-row pick because no one wants to trade for him. Big brain moves. Because Netsoff first nah. line center and then Seth Jones. Trade Kirby Doc for Seth Jones. Resign Philip to know because we have to resign Jeez. former Blackhawk. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. That's not bad. Get a get a Soki uh, center in there, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, Florida. They made some uh, headlines today. But uh, Keith Yandel. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh man, uh, I just I need to I need to take a look at uh, how much it's costing as a cap. Obviously, it's not as bad as uh like what Suter and uh, <laughs> Parise are, but again, I don't know how much what other any other contracts are like that or buys at least. But oh man, looking at this, uh, they bought out Scott Darling. I forgot about that. So oh yeah. <laughs> um, so for the first year for Keith Yandel, two point three. Like they still have another two years that they're they have bio money for <laughs> Scott Darling, one point one. And so the first year is two point three for Yandel, second year is five point three. That's gonna be the rough one. But then twenty in the next two years after that's only one point two. So it's not horrible. It's really just that second no. year. And uh, oh, Florida, has 11. <laughs> Florida has eleven. Uh, $11 million, they got to resign uh, uh, Sam Bennett, who I think they're going to want back. Uh, Alexander Wenberg, I don't know if they bring him back, but guys like Lucas Walmark and uh, Lamico and Gusev, I don't think they bring them back. I don't I think, think they bring, bring back Lamico. Yeah, I, Quindle, I have no Quindle idea. really liked him on his fourth line. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, he's only 25. Eh, I guess yeah, so, but... no, he's a younger guy, trust me. I think they're going to bring him back. 
But he didn't Bird... play every game for him last year, but I, I know he cracked their roster more mm. than he was scratched. So Yeah. Especially but... if like they take a Chari in the expansion draft. <laughs> so a Chari was tripped. St. Louis mm-hmm. score is unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Uh but I don't think they do they bring back Winberg because you got your second line center with Sam Bennett. I don't know if they bring Winberg back, and uh, I don't think they bring Walmart or Gusev back because I think they barely played. No. And then defensemen, I don't think they're gonna bring Montour back. Uh, Juleson, he's kind of just a depth guy. Uh, dude, they oh man, if they can find a way to get uh, Anton Stroman off the books somehow, some way, that would be huge. They could, yeah, they could really like. Hell, they could even go after Dougie Hamilton, really. I don't think Dougie Hamilton's who they need, though. They need, like, Alan Yeah, that's Martinez. true. They need a guy on the left side. So yeah, that's true. They, they need, don't like, have to a... Put a lot on the left side. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta get, like, a, a stabilizing defenseman, you know? Yeah. Like, even, like, look for a trade. Like, again, like, Ryan Graves. Nate Schmidt. Person. Nate Schmidt, yeah. Nate Schmidt makes a lot of sense there, honestly. If they could... If... <sighs> Canucks fans are gonna hate... Oh, boy. Or is this yeah, going? So if you do like Aaron Strawman in a pick type thing, yeah, swapping cap hits, but then like also like Vancouver would want like how much cap space does uh, Florida have this off season? Uh, I can't 11, imagine they have a lot after these. Eleven point four. That's a good amount. That's a good amount to make a splash somewhere. And really, the only major one that player they have to sign is Sam Bennett. And Sam Bennett's not going to warrant a lot after those playoffs, so. Because, like, I'm, if I go into contract negotiations, it's like, oh, so why are we here? Oh, yeah, that's right. You got <laughs> suspended. <laughs> it's basically like Nazem Kadri on a lesser scale. Oh, he literally is Nazem Kadri. He's Florida's Nazem Kadri. It's crazy. He was Every time they won a game, it was because of him. Every time they lost a game, it was because of him. <laughs> you live and die by Sam Bennett. <laughs> live and die by the sword. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, what's a Mark Spector tree? It's like Connor make a whatever. Look at the Sam Bennett kid in Calgary or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That fucking Bobrovsky contract. Oh, my God. That Bobro- They're going to buy that out in three years. I guarantee it. Yeah, five years left at $10 million. Oh <laughs> it's like, God, when does Spencer ID that extension again? <laughs> two years. <laughs> oh, they are so lucky. I, I don't think that aligns with Barkov, does it? I think they're good. Uh, Yes, it does. Oh, oh wait, no. no, 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 not Barkoff, but it does with Huberto. Oh, no, that's not good. Which is still <laughs> that's not, not the good. Best. <laughs> okay, yeah, that contract will be bought out in three years. Give it give, 100%, not, not a doubt in my mind. But I will give Bill Zito credit with his extensions he's put out for Duclair and Forsling. Cause oh, those are amazing. Amazing extensions. It's a very low risk, low reward. Even if they don't perform, you can – very movable contracts. Yeah. Um, and – Bill Zito knows what's coming. He knows he's got to pay Barkov and Huberto. So mm-hmm. getting guys on deals like that now is huge, especially with the flat cap. Like, can't be understated enough with the flat cap, how important that is. Yeah, just looking at the stats, like, Duclair was a legitimate top six player, and Gustav Forsling was, was like, a revelation for him. He was, like, a legit top four defenseman as well. Listen, man, I mean, he loves playing with Duncan Keith. Or not Duncan <laughs> Keith, uh, Joe Quenville. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just something about former Blackhawks, eh? Duclair and yeah. Forsling. Right? <laughs> oh my god. Um, Shea Weber. Shea Weber may not play another NHL game, and we kind of brought this up in our group chat. 
like before we get into any of the details, is Shea Weber a Hall of Famer? Because he should be, but the accolades you need to get in. Like you look at Duncan Keith, that he I is a slam. He's a Hall of Famer. He's like a slam dunk Hall of Famer with all his accolades. But then you look at Shea Weber. Yes, he was consistently one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He just went on a Stanley Cup final run, but again, no cup. You do have the Olympic gold medals, but no Norris's, none of that, which uh, I think hurts his case. I feel like he's in the same boat as a guy like Ryan Suter, where it's like they're both really good and they Play have a ton been of really games, good and productive, but they don't have like the major accolades or even like Stanley Cup championships to kind of back it up. I guess. And it's funny the closest Vez- or Weber's ever gotten to a Norris was the year Keith won. So, oh, what was 2013 or 2014 or 2013? Yeah, 2014. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that was the year you probably scored 23 goals, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So oh, Keith wow. had like 60 points or something like that. So, what didn't he have like 55 assists or something? Yeah, he had, he had more assists than Weber had points. That was basically what was oh going on. And then you had Eric Carlson, he was a point per game, but couldn't stop anything in his own end. Mm-hmm. It was on Ottawa. <laughs> Listen, man. Ottawa was so good. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're one goal away from the Stanley Cup final. It's funny. Like, I remember when Ottawa was, like, first coming on the scene in, like, 2015. And I remember when P.K. Subban broke Mark Stone's hand in the playoffs. Oh, my God, dude. And it's crazy to think that. that Mark Stone is, like, light years better than P.K. Subban nowadays. Yeah. Like, the it's way crazy. PK, we bring up Shea Weber. The way P.K. Subban dropped off, holy. Like, it's his hips, man. Like, yeah. when your hips go, it's – you can't skate as a defenseman. No. At least – like, at least, like, for Sharp, I know that's what happened. Remember Sharp? He had those hip mm-hmm. problems, and he just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Like, it sucks, too, because he was literally one of the most dynamic defensemen of the decade, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, like, like he obviously had that cup run, and he was an incredible part of that. I'm sure he's got a Norris. Um, yeah, he has a Norris. I think he was nominated for another one, like, the year after they went to the cup final. Like, But then after that, like, I think... But the year before he got traded to New Jersey, that's, like, when he really fell off. And I don't know, remember if he had, like, a major surgery that year. Obviously, I know he has the hip problems, but he just hasn't been the same player since. Yeah. He lost a step for sure. And, yeah. like, the problem is when you lose a step and you're defensing like that, it makes it very hard to jump in on the rush anymore. Because mm-hmm. you will get caught. And, like, I don't assume P.K. Subban's going to have another, like, 10-point season like he did last year. Because, obviously, he's on a really crappy Devils team right now. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. But he's going to be a guy that come February this year, next year, just watch how many people want to get P.K. Subban at half retained at the deadline. Again, just like last year and the year before that. Like, every year it's a conversation, but this is going to be the year it actually happens. Because he's got one year left on his deal. Yeah, this trade deadline. You throw him on that. Throw him on your five six. You don't even need to put him in the top four. Just use him on the pot. Like literally, use him how Eric Gustafson got used this year for Montreal. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Like, just man, let him if Tampa could somehow the pull point. the cap space off. I would love to see PK oh Subban in Tampa Bay. I would, I would love oh. to see PK Subban lift the cup. That would be so cool. Actually, has offense. Like that's what he's good at. Put him on a team that's. Ken Hall and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see PK with Connor McDavid. <laughs> but is, well, he could sign there as a free agent, which would be fun. Because oh. I feel like once PK is contracts up, he's going to sign cheap somewhere. Just like Tyson Berry 2.0 for them. Or like Shaq and like guys yeah, like that. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? I'm not worth the money I thought I was anymore, so I'm just going to go. Well, I'm going to go when a cop always try to, yeah. Or exactly. just have a shit ton of points, a.k.a. Edmonton. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I just don't get how you can hate P.K. Subban. That dude is just like a lightning rod. No, 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 dude. He's just... exactly. Like, man, he's he's this... gonna have a he's gonna have a broadcasting career after. He's gonna work. Oh, for he's already on ESPN. As soon as he retires, oh. exactly, dude. Like, <laughs> he's gonna be a full time member when he retires. Cole Caulfield. That's what he calls Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Oh Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he he's the best though. Like he is the best, like best personality in the game, and I don't even know if it's close, really. Yeah, it's like him and Ovechkin. That's yeah, that's really it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, like, I just hope ESPN does like so much, like helps us grow the game more. And we kind of talked about this, like the whole Nikita Kucherov thing. I love that i disagree with everything you said but that's the thing how often do we disagree with nhl players because they're always saying the right thing i i love that i hate nikita kutrov you know i love that there's this villain out there you know i ugh. well i just think it's funny because yeah like, well the hawks used to be the villain for a good eight years mm-hmm. Same so with the they need there needed to be a new that, one yeah. and leo i'm not gonna lie that 2015 final i feel like everyone kind of knew it was coming pretty soon because, like, when we, they, when we beat Tampa, it was like, well, when are they going to win now? Because they are on the come-up, and they are running this league. Took them five years, though. Just as, like, took a little, yeah, took them a little to longer than people expected. Like, they had a couple conference final failures and then the colossal sweep. <laughs> yeah, but... there was a time where they, <laughs> they went to sh- – when they went game six and game seven without scoring a goal, and then they lose four straight to Columbus. <laughs> Jeez, like, what a <laughs> – Oh, my God. And that's just credit to Cooper and Breezewall for not breaking yeah. that team up. Because mm, any other have... team would have blown it up after that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chicago, yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh, anyone. Like, yeah. I, 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 it boggles my mind how they didn't blow that team up. Yeah, they won 60 games that year. There's good reason not to blow them up. But just, like, dude, if you watch that playoff. And then, like, they had the logical approach where it's like, well, we're never going to play four games that bad ever again. No. Exactly, which is how so, every NHL team should look at it. And it was like, and like, I feel like all of us kind of knew it was going to be one of two approaches by Tampa the next year. Either they were never going to be the same, or they were going to do what. Um, I don't know if you watch college basketball, but Virginia yeah. got beaten in the round of sixty-four as a one seed, um, mm-hmm. like four oh, years wow. ago or something like that. Yeah. And everyone lost their mind because they should have yeah. made the final. Next year, they went on a mercy run through the tournament to win the title. And that's basically what Tampa that sounds did. Like that, it sounds exactly, exactly what Tampa, Tampa did. did. And it's like, that's how you know you're a good team. If you can overcome that and just be like, all right, we're just going to beat the shit out of everyone now to win this cup. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Because that's, like, that's one thing I will respect to Tampa. Tampa won both of their cups with fucking a force. There was mm-hmm. no questioning about it at all. Even like that game seven against the Islanders, I'm like, they got this. They that's got the this. closest they've been to losing the last two yeah. years. They, that was the first game seven they've had in two years. Like, that's the only time it. they've faced elimination. Yeah, think about it. They they had five against Columbus, five against Boston, six against the Isles, six against the Stars. Like, and then they had what six five, one, six five seven five. Yeah, yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. Uh, still, like it's just they, the, the I think the best part is they haven't lost consecutive games in the playoffs in those back to back years. That's on Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is a god. Like, that dude is at 950 coming off a loss in the playoffs the last two years. And he has, like, multiple shutouts coming off a loss. Yeah, yeah. so stupid. And obviously the, what is it, four, five straight series clinching shots? Yeah, like, um, sorry, I don't think I've ever seen a goalie do that ever. So, like, I I know Bettman said something about Ken Dryden when he was giving him the con Smythe, but, dude, like, there's not been a goalie to do this in the playoffs in a long time. (laughs) It's clutch. 
it's yeah. definition of clutch. Cause like, you got to think even those Detroit teams and stuff and like, they weren't run by the goalie. That's for sure. <laughs> oh no. Uh, it was just, their it wasn't a uh, Chris. It wasn't Chris Osgood run the show there. Exactly. It wasn't Chris <laughs> Osgood running the fucking show. I guess Brodeur would be the last one, but like, even then. <laughs> the one that comes to mind, obviously, Tim Thomas and Jonathan Quick, but, like, the one, the most dominant goalie playoff run, they do, he didn't even win the Cup, J.S. Shagir in 2003 Ooh, against New Jersey. Yeah, Shagir is actually probably the closest. Yeah, really he almost single-handedly stole. That series. Holy yeah, shit. He almost I, single-handedly stole the Stanley Cup that year. Bro, he beat the Wild by himself in the conference final. Yeah, that shit I think, was wild. I think, literally. <laughs> I he think one, three goals. <laughs> I don't even was it even that I don't know all I know is he had I think he had I'm pretty sure it was only one goal in four games because I think he had three straight shutouts in the first three games and I think he only had one goal in the fourth game something like that it was absurd how crazy that was and they swept they swept Detroit who was like the they were I think they were the defending cup champions and were like overwhelming favorites and they still had that really stacked team and then they beat Dallas in six and then you then he lose to New Jersey in seven, but like you gave it all you could. I obviously I was way too little to remember it, but my dad's a Devils fan and he talks to me about it a lot. And oh yeah, like like that team, like that New Jersey team, it still had Brodeur, Stevens, uh, Niedermeyer, I think a young Scott Gomez, Patrick Eliash. You uh, must say young Patrick Eliash. Yeah, um, I think Bobby Holik. I don't know, but like. New Jersey, I think they, they that was like their third cup in eight years or something like that, and their third one or second one in like three or four years. Okay. But yeah, um, hmm. um, the last topic we didn't like this happened like I think a couple of weeks ago or a week ago I can't remember, but his uh, funerals today. Um, Mat Matis Kevlinix, I I feel bad. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but. Um, just absolutely heartbreaking. Our thoughts and prayers go off, go out to his family and close ones. And j just reading that tweet where, um, uh, Elvis Merger Lincolns was like, uh, he literally saved our life. I mean, I, I, I teared up reading that. Like, it's, he said he was 30 feet from yeah. his family and his, his wife is expecting a child. And they're going to name him after him. him. Yeah. As they should, honestly. Oh my god! It, it, it's like it, someone said something. I think maybe you sent it to the chat, but like they they posted that and someone was like, "He went out making one last save." Oh yeah, dude. That... And I was like, "Jesus, dude, that's yeah. just it's true though." Like, just like you're never gonna like. That's not even like just from like a hockey standpoint. That's from like a human standpoint. You're mm -hmm. never gonna. You, you rarely will ever see someone do that. No. It's, it's just truly as stupid as it sounds. It's class act stuff. Like, yeah, there's really no other way to say it. And I hope his family gets the closure they need, and everyone's having a good or not good time, but you know, everyone's getting the help they need in that family right now because it's very, very touchy situation. And yeah. I can't even imagine what those families are going through right now. No, no. And I will say one thing: I hope Columbus plays the worst team in the NHL to start the season next year, so they win for him. Yeah, get a shutout for him. And I know, I know they will. So, and there he was on the up and up too. Like he was supposed to be their backup next year, which is just so tragic. Yeah. He had his whole life ahead of him. 
He got his first a, win a couple years ago in the NHL. Exactly, and I think the best part was that I saw was that his last ever game he played, I think, was a 2 nothing show against Canada at the World Championships. Country. Just, yep. <sighs> it doesn't get better than that. No, it, it doesn't. And it, I think it, it was in Lafayette yeah. as well. Yep, it really doesn't get better than that, dude. It doesn't. It, it's, it's just hard to see, because especially for an athlete that's so young, and it's not like... It's not like they were doing something stupid. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not trying to be that guy, but a couple years ago when Jose Fernandez died on the boat, on like a boat crash, he's a star pitcher. Everyone felt bad. But then, you know, the police reports came out that there was mountains of cocaine on the boat at five in the morning. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you make hundreds of millions of dollars and you can't get someone to drive a boat for you at five in the morning. All right. You're just making dumb decisions. But this one, it sounds like. It was just like, unless someone's literally shooting off mortars at each other and we just didn't know. It yeah. sounds like this was just like about as freak of an accident. Uh, as it could exactly, possibly be. just a freak accident. And... But it's another reason why you got to be safe with fireworks, man. And they teach you young. Like, I, my family sets off fireworks. We were taught at a very young age. It's not a fucking toy. No, nope. you got to be extremely careful with them. Like, and like obviously, when you do it for a long time, you never really think about it. But then shit like this happens and like shit like the JPP stuff a couple years ago. And it's like you guys just people have to be careful. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Really, all I can say is just thoughts and prayers with his family and close ones and all that. And yeah, we'll we'll never forget him. Like that was truly a heroic act. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Um. Before we end things off, do you want to talk about a, a specific prospect uh, before we kind of go off, just to kind of like preview for the draft? Um, one that comes to mind. So actually, I was looking at his film today because yeah. I haven't been able to watch him, and we just had Spencer on, and he was telling us about him. Yeah, dude, I think I really like Matthew Coronado. Oh yeah, man, that dude can rip the fucking puck like it's nobody's business, and he was dominating the USHL. I. And I saw, like, uh, I don't know, did you see Jay Fresh's, like, prospect trajectory thing? Yeah, I saw like, that, yeah. He, he, th- that, tr- that, uh, thing's really high on Coronado, being a 100% guaranteed NHLer. Coronado's the kind of guy where I can see just working wonders with Kirby Doc on the wing. Like, that hard right shot just seems to always get open in the right spots in the offensive zone. I'm not. I had. I didn't watch like uh, full game highlights, so I'm not 100 percent sure how his 200 uh, foot game is. But at least from what I saw in the offensive zone, this dude is about as electric as it comes in this draft class, in my opinion. It wouldn't the pucks on his stick because it's just y- you give him a second to pick a spot. He's he's either going high glove on you or he's like buzzing the crossbar. This guy just is. He's got a knack for shooting, and it's and he's a bigger kid. He he doesn't seem like a bigger kid, but I feel like he's a kid who can actually use his body to go to the net, which is you know you usually see a lot of finesse perimeter players. He seems like he's ready to score goals wherever he wants to score them. And I have become to the point where I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind at all the Hawks taking Coronado at twelve. I I think he would be a great fit here personally, and he's he's a hometown product too, so they got the best mm-hmm. look at him. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not overly high on him, but, like, also at the same time, I would not be, like, disappointed or even shocked for that matter if they take him just because, again, the fact he played for the Chicago mm-hmm. Steel, um, 48 goals in 51 games, like, yeah, he played on a stacked team, yeah, 
I mean, yeah, he played on a stack team, but like when your numbers are that good, holy shit, dude! When oh, you going break off. the when you break the uh, goal record on your franchise in like junior and shit, and like I, I guess this wouldn't be junior. You must be doing like, something right, yeah. Exactly. Like I know people usually don't like to read and just like you know you got to watch them and just not look at stats, but when you put up that, it's like to bring it, dude. Like to bring it, put up. You can't ignore numbers. that production. Yeah, you can't. You really can't. Um. If I recall, I feel like Bobby Brink was like that a couple years ago too. Like he he had really high production in the USHL, and everyone was like, "Well, well he he's short." Yeah, exactly. He can't skate as well. And I think there the there he's are kind of yeah, and I think there are kind of that concerns with Matthew Coronado. Like I kind of see him more in like the class of Lucas Reichel, where maybe he doesn't have the explosive speed like Reichel, but he can get into the net. He can shoot the puck. He's unrated playmaker. I have him nineteenth in my draft rankings. Um. Which, uh, by the way, read it. I'm going to put a link to it. Not because, you know, self-plug, but for every 100 views, I'll send $10 to um, Black Girl Hockey Club. I just kind of wanted to work, mm-hmm. like, do a project, but also, like, donate to a good charity if I could get enough, like, views off it, you know? Oh, um, yeah, no. Just, like, give incentive. Tweet it out again. We'll leave uh, yeah. the podcast out tonight. I think it's almost at uh, 300 views, so. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Um. But enough about me. <laughs> but um, enough about me. <laughs> but enough about me, yeah. But, um, yeah, there's actually a few guys I'd rather over Matthew Coronado. And I was actually talking to Spence. Like, uh, Chicago called in about them at 11. And they, Nashville thinks they don't get to him at 19, which is where I think I have him. But, again, I wouldn't be uh, disappointed at all if we got him. Uh, he'll definitely need a couple of years. He's going to Harvard University. Um Give oh, him a he's a guy you give at least two years in college. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one to put college, on some more. One year in college, one year AHL, then NHL. He's yeah. not a guy who's going to be ready immediately. No. But let him kind of tack on some more muscles, more weight, yeah. and like refine his game in the college yeah. level. And yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the kind of guy where I just see it's like um, if all your guys aren't there that you want on the board, you go off of like who has the best raw skill set and. I mean, he's got great instincts with the puck. You can work around yeah. that, like because sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's it sounds like he's got it down in between the ears. You know what I mean? Yeah. And usually, some players have that skill and they just don't care. So that usually is a that bodes well for a kid who's willing to, you know, listen to the developmental staff and actually try to hone his game around. So I don't know. That's my opinion. Do you got a prospect you wanted to name? Um. Yeah, Logan Stankovin. But, but like before I get <laughs> to him, uh, like Matthew Coronado, like he just works hard. Like it's it's cliche to say, but like he battles along the boards, he gets into the dirty areas and all that. Everything you want out of the player. Um, doesn't he doesn't like has blinding speed, but I feel like as a winger that maybe not be as important as safety or center or defenseman and. Obviously, defenseman like defensively he still has to work on his game. But again, like we said, having a couple of years and playing at Harvard's gonna help refine his game and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, Logan Stankoven, he's interesting because uh, he is only five foot eight. He's only one hundred seventy pounds. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> but he can he can skate. He can shoot. Um, I have him number thirteen. So like, kind of just right outside. Where the Blackhawks are picking, I highly doubt that they would take him there. Like, he's really more of a guy who would drop to the second round and be more like of kind of like an Alex Debrinkit steal, just because, mm-hmm. again, that size, but also there's that scoring ability. Um, I just love the pace, the energy, and all, and the way he can shoot and even get into that, that home plate area. 
where he's not just like a perimeter player, but obviously the concern is, uh, you know, uh, like does he have playmaking ability? Is the size going to translate all that? Again, he's going to be a couple of years. He's going to have to tack on a couple of uh, like some more pounds, more muscle, all that. But then I raise you a point. Look at Braden Point and Caulfield in the Stanley Cup final. Like this guy knows how to find lanes, all that. Just kind of like Cole Caulfield. I don't know if there's a dynamic skating or playmaking or scoring ability or any of that, but he's, again, he still has a good shot. He can still get into that dirty, like the dirty areas. And he has a pretty good balance for his size. Uh, I, I would I would, I would, honestly take the swing from, but again, it's, it's kind of one of those picks where I know scouts are like, oh, he's too small, blah, blah, blah. He only played uh, X amount of games. I think it was only like seven games. And I still think he scored like seven goals in those games. But, um, dude, if he's somehow, some way, I, I don't think they take him with their first round pick, but if somehow, some way, they get him with the uh, with their, one of their second, yeah, their second pick, holy shit. I don't care what happens for the rest of the draft. I'm like, I'll, I'll be doing backflips. I'll be tickle pink. Any other phrase you want to use for that but yeah and oh, yeah. also i got a little bias he plays for cam's loops WHO, <laughs> you know western canada you know things of that nature gotta but... get him out there but mm-hmm. uh i've seen a little bit of his game and he's like he's one of those guys that i feel like is not gonna fall out of the first round unfortunately but he's gonna be a guy that goes to a team that is already kind of on the cusp of being a contender and he's gonna get just the amount of time to develop and when that's right to see 10 him. I could He's see like, Carolina taking him because yeah. Carolina gets all the good players. Carolina or like um, maybe Minnesota with their second first round pick. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Maybe like a Columbus or a New Jersey if they can get him late. Yeah, any team with like a lot of those teams with the second pick. first round yeah. pick. I feel like or Carolina because on. they always take the most skilled player. Facts. <laughs> and then if there was a team that would go high on him, um, I'm trying to think. Maybe. maybe Edmonton. Maybe, yeah. Because they it, did go after Kyler Yamamoto, and I mean, hey, any winger for McDavid. Maybe Dallas. Dallas could use some kind of use a player like that. I just like, don't. I just don't see him going to Chicago at that the twelfth pick, just no. because like there's probably well, gonna be somewhere a player that in there falls. That makes yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I think guys like LaSalle and stuff aren't going to be there, but. There's going to be I a think, player there that I'm A-OK with the Blackhawks taking. I think LaSalle falls because, like, I think I saw Cam Robinson tweet that, like, he's been hearing that, like, like the, not a lot of teams are high on him, so he might fall. But I hope the Blackhawks pick him up at 12. But I I don't know. Again, that just seems like that has Carolina written all over it again, where just they draft so well, he's going to fall, and then, like, Carolina's going to pick him he's up. He's going to go develop with Dominic yeah. or uh, Chase Prisky or whatever his name or what's the guy they drafted last year? Uh, uh Seth Jarvis. Yeah, Seth Jarvis. That's his name. Yeah, they just they just draft so well. They also got Noel Gundler. Like their their prospects pool is ridiculous there. <laughs> but uh, anyways, do you have anything else to talk about that, or we can uh, wrap this up here? I can't wait till uh, we end this off and then uh, <laughs> and then a huge trade breaks. But uh, from at least from what I've seen from Twitter, there's no oh way. yeah, I'm hearing blah 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 and blah 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 are working on this. Yeah, trade. I'm hearing Expect rumblings, yeah. <laughs> rumblings, rumors. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't have anything else to add. Just, just stop putting Seth Jones news on the media. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Dude, honestly, sugar, get off the pot. If you're going to make a Seth Jones move, just Thank make you. it the fuck now. Dude, 
Like, stop fucking dangling. I mean, I'm gonna, bandits. I'm gonna hate it, but like at least just, just get it over rip, with. Rip the bandaid off, get it over with. It's yeah. like pulling teeth, bro. Like exactly, geez. getting your wisdom teeth removed. Facts. Like, you, it's like you don't want to do it, but goddamn it, you 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 have to get it done over with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, silly season is definitely underway. Like I don't think it was as crazy as the other day when we saw like the Keith trade and the. Cedar and Parisi buyouts, but uh, we still got uh, a fair amount of news to talk about today. And uh, the expansion draft is in six days. The the entry draft is in eight days, and then free agency is in thirteen days. Like all of this is within within under a week or two weeks. And uh, so, what we have planned for uh, the expansion draft and free agency next podcast, uh, we're going to be doing a Seattle like uh, expansion mock draft. Um, We'll also be having on an NWHL player by Sammy Davis. She plays for the Boston Pride. We're very much looking forward to having her on. And then, uh, well, that'll be Tuesday. And then Thursday, um, we'll do, like, a draft preview. We'll talk about the, expa- like, the expansion draft. draft. We we'll, might do a mock draft, maybe. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. And then we'll probably do a podcast reaction after the first round and second round. I don't know yet, but uh, then... Then it'll be free agency, and then that's it for the summer. Really, like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come soon. It's 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 coming sooner than we think it is, and then it's gonna end quickly. But uh, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward mm-hmm. to it. It's gonna be crazy. Oh yeah, same. Anyways, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all are doing well, getting vaccinated, all that stuff, and uh, talk to you guys uh, next time when we. Uh, Find out who, uh, at the very least, who uh, Seattle is protecting. So, yeah. Uh, Peace out, y'all.